Amen. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and you're listening to the Bedatitudes podcast, where we take a look at what it means to be a father after the Heavenly Father's own heart. And as we are walking through the Beatitudes and what they can teach us about fatherhood, we're looking at part two of our reflection on blessed are the dads who mourn. And in the last Beatitudes podcast, we explored just the idea of what does it mean to mourn, especially as sons of the father, right? So we look at each Beatitude in terms of our relationship to our Heavenly Father as his son, then we look at what it means in our relationship to our wife, and then what it means in a relationship to our kids. And so last time we were talking about how the beatitude, blessed are, the, blessed are those who mourn, orders our relationship with our Heavenly Father. And I talked about four practices that we need to um, use in learning to develop a healthy relationship with our emotions. Because that's really what that blessed are those who mourn uh, refers to in terms of be the, the beatitudes, the beatitudes, right? How can we have a healthy relationship with our feelings when we're not intimidated by negative emotion, either our own or, or those around us, where we can be present, you know, and feel what we feel and bring those feelings to God or be with our wife and children when they are hurting or sad or angry or frustrated? How do we stop from pushing those feelings away so that we can actually hear what God's saying to us through our feelings or through our wife or children's emotions. And I talked about four practices, confessing your pain to God. So if you're struggling with that anger, really bringing it to God first or that hurt or that whatever that feeling is, sadness, bringing it to God first and saying, Lord, teach me what to do with this. Secondly, mastering our inner voice. I talked briefly about St. Ignatius of Loyola's uh, rules of spiritual discernment and how we identify consolations and desolations in our feelings. I talked about dwelling on God's mercy, which in this case really means that I don't have to fix my feelings. I don't have to fix myself. If I'm feeling upset or frustrated or sad or whatever, it's not my job to treat that like a project. It's my job to recognize that God loves me and he wants to heal me. And by bringing those feelings to him and asking him to teach me to respond to those things, you know, he, I can receive his love uh, and accept that, that I'm a work in progress and, and it's okay that I don't have it all together. You know? And then finally, accepting responsibility, which, you know, in St. John Paul's writings talks about the ability to respond. That's what responsibility is. So even though it's not my job to fix everything, there are some things I can do to make a situation better, to, to grow, to take lessons from this. And so how, what ability do I have to respond to this feeling in a positive way so that I can give glory to God in my emotions and give glory to God in my response to my emotions? You know, the book goes into much more detail about all of this, but uh, that's the last episode also discusses this in more detail. This time we're going to focus on what it means to practice the beatitude, blessed are the dads who mourn in our relationship with our wife. So a lot of this, again, comes back to the idea that, that, that we as men often have a hard time when our wife is angry or upset or frustrated or scared or uh, sad about something, because even if it doesn't have anything to do with us, we feel like it's our fault that she feels that way. And it's our job to fix it. Now, by the way, this is just a man thing. You know, there, there's the, the whole kind of men are from Mars, women are from Venus thing from ancient history now that's really taken hold of the, the cultural mindset that, you know, men are fixers. 
Some men are, but you know, I know a lot of women who like to fix things too. And, and, and a lot of husbands who don't like to be fixed. So this is not specifically a male or a female thing. What it is, it's a discomfort with emotions thing. You know, when you were raised in a household, when anyone was raised in a household, man or woman, where it wasn't safe to have big feelings, you tend to respond to those feelings by fixing them, by saying, I don't want to deal with that. So I either run away from it or I try to fix it because I don't want to feel it. I just want it to go away. So if I can push it away or I can fix it, then I don't have to deal with the feeling anymore. And again, as a therapist, I know just as many women who struggle with that as men. Uh, so don't just don't get off on this idea that, oh, this is just, you know, this is a feeling feelings is a woman thing. Feeling feelings is a human thing. Unfortunately, many of us men, especially and more and more women now in today's world are being parented in a way that makes it unsafe for them to have feelings and it makes it unsafe for them to feel feelings. And anytime that happens, we either have to push those feelings away, um, numb those feelings with some unhealthy habit uh, or fix those feelings without allowing ourselves to feel them. So in our relationship with our wife, when, when she's upset about something or scared about something or sad about something, whether it has anything to do with you or not, there are three things that we need to keep in mind. Um, the first one is don't personalize. The second one is empathize. And the third one, kind of re reflecting back on something we talked about in the last episode, is be responsible. And we'll talk about what those three things mean. Um, don't personalize. Somebody else's feelings are never about you even when they try to make them about you, right? So imagine that your wife comes to you and says, I'm so angry with you, or I'm so disappointed in you, or so frustrated with you. Now you might say, how do I not take that personally? It's pretty personal. I get that. It's still not about you. And the reason this is important is because as long as you keep, as long as you make it about you or allow her to make it about you, you're going to be defensive. You're either going to push that feeling away or you're going to feel the need to numb it somehow later, or you're going to need to feel like you need to fix it, which is just going to irritate her. It's going to irritate anybody who has feelings, right? Not just, again, not just a male, female thing. So you have to, the first step here is not to personalize it. You recognize that feelings belong to the person who has them and feelings don't mean anything really what they mean they do mean something but they don't mean what you think they mean you know um we often lead with our feelings we, we tend to have this thing where we okay i have this feeling therefore i must say everything that comes to my mind and 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 act on that feeling feelings are the idiot light on the human dashboard right okay you know you get the check engine light that comes on in your dashboard uh it could mean the engine fell out a block or two back or it could mean the check engine light shorted out you're not going to know until you lift the hood and see what's going on the same thing is true with emotions. When I get upset or frustrated or sad or whatever about anything, that, that's the check engine light that comes on. That's my body's check engine light. It says something has changed. There's a, there's a negative you know, shift in my environment that's impacting me in, a, in an unpleasant way. It's a message to me, not anybody else. So even if I try to bring my feelings to you and say, you're responsible for my feelings, it's still my idiot light that's going off. Okay. You don't have to, you know, don't call it that by the way, uh, not to your wife anyway, but, but, or yourself, but it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a message to me. Now, if I come to you and I say, 
you did something that made me upset, you know, I am presenting a problem that we need to work on together, but it's still not personal, right? You've done something that's upset me. Your behavior might be the issue, but it's not that I hate you or I'm rejecting you or you've let me down. It's, it's there. You've done something that has created an unpleasant environment in me. That's creating this feeling. Okay. Um, But that's not the totality of your personhood. I'm not rejecting you or accepting you based on what you did. Do you see the difference? If, if, I'm person, if I'm personalizing your feelings, you come to me and say, you know, Greg, you really upset me with this. It's like, how? Well, I didn't do that. And, and that's, you got it all wrong. And how dare you? And you know, I, I, I'm, I'm defending myself because I feel like my character is being called into question. That's not what feelings are about. Feelings are just a message. They're just the light coming on. That's all it is. You can't take the light personally. You just have to deal with what the light's saying. So if I don't take your feeling personally, you come to me and say, Greg, you really upset me with this. I'm really frustrated with you about that. Or I'm disappointed even about the other thing. If I don't take it personally, I can say, I am really sorry that you feel that way. How can we work together to address that? What do I need to do to help you feel better? Do you see the difference? Now, we're touching on the other two things here. What I did instead of taking it personally was I empathized with you and then I took responsibility. So instead of becoming defensive or avoidant or reactive or hostile or going into fix it mode, I empathized by letting you know that I could feel what you're feeling and understand that feeling and and validate that feeling and that I wanted to demonstrate my ability to respond, my responsibility, um, to do whatever I could to work with you to address it. You know, I'm not going to fix it for you. I'm not going to make it all go away, but I'm, I'm not going to take all the blame. I'm, but I'm willing to accept that I have some ability to respond to this feeling that you've brought to me in a healthy and productive way that would help us be closer to each other because you expressed that feeling to me. Do you see the difference? So let's talk about empathizing because empathy um, is, is a little challenging for some of us. Um, and it's, you know, especially challenging if you personalize everything, you can't empathize and personalize at the same time. You can, you have to pick one or the other. As long as I'm making the feeling about me, I'm going to be defensive or avoidant or hostile or Mr. Fix it. Uh, and I'm not going to be able to empathize. You know, that's the root problem. That's what undermines empathy every time. If I, wanna, if I want to empathize, I first have to step back and remind myself, this feeling isn't about me. This feeling is a message, for example, that my wife is, that, that's a light that's gone off in her emotional system that says something is out of balance. And, you know, she might be blaming me for that. She might not be. But either way, I can do something to be helpful. And that's what I want to do. I don't want to take it personally and defend myself. I want to accept that this is how she's feeling and that's okay to feel that way. Now step two is to empathize. Even if she's attacking me, don't respond to the attack, right? You don't respond to the content of the message. You respond to the emotion behind the message. So, you know, she says to me, you're such a jerk. I can't stand you. (laughs) Now, how do I not take that personally? I realize that what's going on here is not me. It's the light came on inside of her that's making her feel hurt and sad or scared and frustrated, and she doesn't know what to do about it. So how do I empathize with that? I don't respond to the content. I respond to the emotion behind the content. Honey, I am so sorry that you're upset right now, and I'm sorry for anything that I may have done that's put you in that place. 
Now I'm going to be responsible and say, what do we need to do to help you feel better? What can I do to help you be in a better place? I, I'm not, I'm not saying, oh, you're right. I screwed up again. I'm a terrible person. I'm a terrible husband. I'm an awful father. I'm not doing any of that. Right. Or I'm not saying, oh, how dare you come at me with this and call me the, I'm just letting the content go. And I'm empathizing with the emotion. I am so sorry that you're feeling this way. I, I can see how upset you are with me. What can we do to get to a better place? What do you need from me to know that I'm really listening and that I want to work with you on this? That's empathizing and being responsible. Um, one of the things that to, to, to practice empathy, um, it's helpful. Okay, so empathy is insight about others. So insight is the ability to make a coherent story from my past, present, and future. I see what I've been through. I see how it applies to what I'm going through, and I see how it helps me get to where I want to go. That's what somebody who has good insight is able to tell that coherent story of their life. They look back at what happened to them, see and make sense out of that, see how it helps them do what they need to do now, and see how it helps them get to where they need to go in the future. That's insight. Empathy is when I'm able to do that for another person. I'm able to step into my wife's head and see through her eyes the experiences that she's been through how those experiences could help her deal with what's going on now and how all of that helps her get to where she's going in the future. And in order for me to do that, I need to be able to see the world through her eyes, right? So again, I can't personalize and empathize. So I have to be able to realize that what's going on inside of her is her experience. And I want to enter into that. So I'm going to do my best to try to say, tell me what you're going through. Help me understand not just what happened to you, but what it means to you. You know, so she says, I, I'm so upset with you for doing this and that rather than reacting to that, I'm going to say, okay, look, I get that you are upset about it. Help me understand what that means to you. I really understand why it hurts so much. Can you help me understand what it means to you that I did that? Now that, that sounds like on the surface that I'm inviting more criticism, but again, since it's not about me, I don't feel criticized. It's, it's your feeling. You're entitled to that feeling. I'm sorry that you're feeling that way. And I can even help you feel better but I'm not going to beat myself up about the fact that you feel that way. I, I want to be with you in that feeling and feel a little bit of that feeling. So I understand where you're coming from. And I'm going to figure that out by asking you, what does it mean to you that thus and such happened? Help me understand that. The second part of that of empathy then is trying to see, have there ever been any times in my life where I felt like that in response to a situation? But the trick about this is you have to be careful because it's easy to make it all about you. Right. So if I say to my wife, oh, you know what, that that reminds me of a time that thus and such happened to me. Now I'm running the risk of making it all about me unless I end with the question, is that how it feels to you? Right. So if I relate some experience and they just say, oh, it's just like this. Now I've made it all about me. But if I say, you know, what you just said reminds me of that time that thus and such happened to me. And I felt awful when that happened. Is, is that sort of like what it is for you? Now, that's empathy because I'm not saying that our experiences are exactly the same. I'm showing you I'm trying to understand where you're coming from. And then I'm asking, did I get that right? That gives her the choice to say, no, no, it's got nothing to do with that. It's really this. Or to say, yes, you really get me. Oh, look, we've had experiences like that. Either way, it's a win, right? So empathy involves being able to step into the other person's head and try to understand what it is from their point of view by saying, what does it mean to you that thus and such happened or that I did this and that? And then secondly, um, it means 
trying to identify some experience that I've had where I felt like that and then asking if they're similar or not. So I can get feedback on how closely we're connecting on this. Right. Um, so that's, those are some tips. We go into more detail in the book. Finally, be responsible. Uh, and again, like we were saying last time, responsibility is all about what is my ability to respond to this in a positive, godly way. So the first thing you want to do is pray. You know, honey, I, I'm not sure what to do about this, but let's, let's, let's bring this to God. Lord, help me know how to respond to my wife in a way that will help her feel loved and cared for and, and let her know how much you love her and care for her. Amen. Right? Ten-second prayer makes all the difference in the world. Then ask, what do you think we could do? You know, is there something that you need to do? Is there something that I can do to help you feel better? What can we do to help you get to a better place? With me, with, with the situation, with yourself. Let's, let's talk about how we can respond to this in a way that would actually be good. That's not, that's not the same as fixing. Because fixing is all about pushing you away because I don't want to deal with your feelings. This is being responsible in the face of those feelings means that I've, I've felt those feelings and I've communicated to you that I get it and you've acknowledged that I get it. And now we're at the place together where we can move forward to say, let's work together to make this better. Let's find our mutual ability to respond to this. We're going to root that in prayer and then in prayerful action. Again, we talk more about in, in detail in the book about this, but these three tips you know, to not personalize, to empathize, and demonstrate responsibility in terms of the ability to respond will get us started in being able to practice that bedatitude, blessed are the dads who mourn, by allowing us to not be afraid of our wife, but to weep with her when she is weeping and rejoice with her when she's rejoicing, just as scripture says. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Bedatitudes. Let's ask for God's Grace and St. Joseph's intercession. Lord, we just ask your blessing on all of us that we might learn to mourn with our wives when they are mourning and rejoice with them when they're rejoicing and all the other feelings. Help us to not be afraid or of their emotions, to not personalize those feelings, but really to respond to them with empathy and to demonstrate the ability to respond to her feelings in ways that glorify you, that enable us to be our best selves and invite our wife to be her best self as well so that we can glorify you in the face of all of the feelings that you've given to us. We ask all of this through the intercession of St. Joseph, and in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks so much for tuning in today, guys. Go out there and be a dad after the Heavenly Father's own heart.